Thanks for listening to the Trafficking Survivors podcast. We started this podcast as a way to interview and listen to the voices of trafficking survivors and sex workers. Just a reminder that some of the things we talk about in this podcast can be pretty triggering and upsetting. So if you need to skip an episode, that is completely fine. Um, Definitely, you know, your mental health is first and foremost important. And some of our episodes will be more about self-care and community care techniques because we certainly know that a bubble bath will not, you know, address a lot of the things that people need to see a therapist for. Um, Also, just a reminder, we do acknowledge the existence of sex and also violence in this podcast, so this is probably not appropriate to listen to around young children. Um, But yeah, we're excited to share with you and... um, We are still investing in all the tech and gear and things that we need to produce a really high quality, you know, audio podcast. Um, So bear with us while we still figure out all of that and invest in that. Um, But thanks so much for listening and we're really glad you're here. This is the Trafficking Survivors podcast and I'm Sabra. I'm a child trafficking survivor, and um, and I'm joined by Gabby. Gabby, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Gabrielle Monroe, she, her, trafficking survivor, an adult sex trafficking survivor. And we are joined by um, Maya. Maya, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Um, my name is Maya Morena. I'm undocumented. I was a child migrant. And I'm a sex worker. I'm also mainly on OnlyFans right now, but I've done pretty much every part of sex work for several years now. I would say it's like six years now. So yeah, um, I'm also an activist. I've worked for Red Canary Song, Red Light Reader, Decrem New York for a brief time, and Third Way Fund. Awesome. Thank you for being here with us today, Maya. Um, Tamika, can you introduce yourself as well? Yes. My name is Tamika Spellman. I am the Policy and Community Engagement Manager for HITS in Washington, D.C. I am also a member of the Urban Survivors Union. Um, I am a four-decade sex worker. Started out as a street-based sex worker, do online sex work, and also have an OnlyFans. Thank you so much, Tamika. I, I know that both of you just have so much knowledge and you know we have so many questions to go over about just everything that's happened in the last the last few days really with um in the last week with OnlyFans and then also some other related things that have happened um Gabby did you want to ask start out by asking any questions or I mean this is really just like kind of an open round table so if anyone wants to jump in and just vent about whatever can we start with a brief um, what is OnlyFans and what is happening uh, for the listeners who are unaware of what's going on? Yeah. Um, does anyone want to take that question? I can do it. Um, so OnlyFans is a sub- subscription site um, in order to be able to see any of the content you subscribe to an individual model or sometimes it's like a partner team but it's a page and you subscribe to it. Um, you can pick however 
much you want to do it for. So it could be um, sometimes they give you a free travel link. Other times you can set a price usually by month. And the minimum, I believe, is like three or five dollars a month. Um, and then you can also give tips. So it kind of functions like a strip club. You pay an entrance fee and then you are expected to tip while you're there or like Patreon. I don't know if that's a good explanation of OnlyFans. Uh, what's going on is basically um, OnlyFans has decided to kick sex workers off the platform, which has happened to Tumblr and uh, Patreon before it, um, as well as other things because of Sistafasta. MasterCard is one of the main payment processors. They have been getting pressured by um, anti-trafficking orgs that are really um, pro-censorship and are anti-sex worker. So they did this with Backpage and Craigslist. They would just bully the payment processors until we got kicked off. And then once they were able to do that, they would send the DOJ, get the place shut down, and then replace it with a policing institution. So Backpage right now has been replaced by Deliver Fund, which is a place that's basically the FBI and other federal agents that look through escort ads and who knows what they do with that. So I think this might be a good time to give a little history um, before full service sex work really moved online very much. Um, back in 2000 was the first time I had my first credit card processor canceled. Um, they canceled it and kept all of the funding um, that was in limbo between my credit card processor and the bank. Um, in 2006, I lost my PayPal. Um, the, the anti-trafficking movement has morphed over years, but they have been targeting sex workers in various ways um, as long as I have been a sex worker, pretty much. Um, so my main concern with OnlyFans is we have seen this happen over and over again. Um, we saw most recently what FOSTA SESTA did to the sex worker community. Um, I personally have lost multiple friends and coworkers post FOSTA SESTA. Um, and what the anti-trafficking movement is trying to do is censor sex and other forms of morality that they deem to be unacceptable. Um, things that will happen as a result of said censorships are, um, I was arrested in 2004 for prostitution. And since then, um, I cannot get a non-sex worker job without either being let go um, for their morals not fitting with my prostitution arrest, um, or I get sexually harassed by my superior because they know of my prostitution arrest. Um, I cannot obtain housing. As of right now, I'm currently houseless, um, going on over two months now. Um, when I had cash in hand, I was still unable to access adequate housing because of my arrest. I cannot get a credit card. I have had two credit cards shut down. Uh, the first was back in 2013 to 2014. Capital One bought out Orchard Bank 
And when they did that, they canceled my credit card. And at the time, I didn't realize it was due to that law that was passed. Um, so I can't get a credit card. And a credit card means like not being able to check into a hotel without them putting like a $200 hold on my bank account. If I'm lucky enough to have a bank account because I've had bank accounts shut down. I can't finance a car. I can't buy a house. I cannot rent a car. Um, I do not own a car. So if I did not have somebody who allowed me to have their vehicle um, and I didn't have a couch to crash on, I would quite literally be sleeping in the street. Um, I am fortunate that I have somebody who is allowing me to borrow their vehicle and um, have a safe place for me to stay. But this is what the anti-trafficking movement has been trying to do all along is eliminate temptation of all of those they deem morally unacceptable um, by removing our very survival resources. And I'd add to that, that the, you know, so many anti-trafficking organizations over the last, you know, I'd say more recently in the last three to five years, especially have really, you know, confused trafficking with consensual adult sex work. And I think that, you know, there's just, there's just this propagation of, of propaganda that people have really bought into and given so much money to these anti-trafficking organizations so that they can pressure MasterCard so that they can, um, you know, kind of, you know, just create this censorship that really harms real people's lives. What, what I feel about this is that it's them trying to control my behavior. You know, um, OnlyFans is now requiring that I get model release forms from the participants in my video. You know, it, it is going beyond me owning, just owning the content and having consent, which you can clearly see anybody that is in my videos have consented to be in those videos. They know that they are being video and they understand from the gate that I am using this for OnlyFans content. Now, they're putting me in a precarious position because that income that I was generating from that was paying my bills. And I am now starting to struggle again. And as a Black transgender woman, that's in her 50s. I, 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 this was another way of evolving and reinventing myself because I don't, I don't have capacity to do street-based sex work. I have scoliosis. So I cannot, be, I cannot walk in heels like I used to. I can entertain in them for short times, but you can't, I, I seriously cannot walk the beat. You know, and then I try to screen people also now because of COVID. You know, that has further marginalized sex workers because I am very reluctant of doing any in-person contact. I'm not good with the phone sex and the video chat thing. So OnlyFans was my next avenue to explore to put out adult content that I am consenting to, 
that people that I am with have consented to. And now I have people complaining because they can't, they can't subscribe because they're blocking new subscriptions. And I have not gotten any residual income for people that already follow, that have, uh, uh, have it set to, to, to keep following me and paying that monthly subscription price. So if this is all done in the name of anti-sex trafficking, why are we throwing such a large net and capturing people that are consenting to do sex work? That is just, that's beyond conflation. It's causing harm to real people. I don't think they're trying to end sex trafficking. I think they're trying to morally police people into what they believe we should be. Um, If they were trying to end sex trafficking, there would be more six-year-olds, nine-year-olds, and 11-year-olds being offered support and resources Um, And that's just not happening. Instead, they are conflating sex trafficking, which is a form of rape, with more specifically prostitution, which is a career. Um, And they're targeting prostitutes for their career instead of going after people who are raping children and raping adults against their will. You know, my take on it is, a little different, you know, because I, I look at the, the 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 politics of both parties and where they're supposed to be standing. Democrats are supposed to be so much for freedom, and Republicans are supposed to be so much for smaller government. If both sides actually looked at what they are doing, you are restricting my autonomy to make choices for myself. Those are parallel issues. Those are parallel issues that everybody do not have. And even people that have been in said scenarios are still consenting sex workers at some point. There's a fine line that has been crossed and they don't know how to separate it. So lump us all in the same category and that does not work because you're actually bringing harm to both sides. Both sides are suffering in this because it is tied to criminal justice. I totally agree. A a criminal justice issue to something that is more so of a behavioral issue. We need resources, not policing. I totally agree, Tamika, because if you look at the history, you know, the, the TVPA, the um, trafficking law passed in 2000 and, and SESTA-FOSTA passed in 2017, both of them like lumped, you know, part, they just tried to lump everything all together in one law and, um, and looking at like, you know, this from the trafficking angle, like they tried to address child trafficking and adult trafficking together when those two groups have such different needs. Um, you know, children and adults obviously have very different needs. And I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's just really like a a co-opting of, you know, of the word trafficking and just this moral panic is really what is kind of feeding the fire 
for people to support things like this and without really understanding um, the real lives that it's impacting and the and the true reach of laws like SESTA-FOSTA. It, it, it's, it's a lot of um, that commingling and, 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 and intertwining of trafficking into different areas and, and, and avenues to attack people and criminalize a behavior. You know, there, there was also the Earn It Act that had been circulating in Congress and the Protect Act. Two more pieces of legislation that are conflating trafficking language into other areas. And it does not bring in what is needed to correct the, the behavioral issues. People need resources. If housing was looked at as a human right, if food security was looked at as a human right, if living wage employment was looked at as a human right, we wouldn't have so many of these issues to begin with. That if they actually fixed the immigration system where we have the most human trafficking of all, because sex trafficking and child, child sex trafficking are very small problems in actuality. Maybe they might be able to hone in and focus solely on that instead of trying to control adult behavior. Exactly that. I have um, asked every alleged full service sex worker I know in the Pittsburgh area if they um, are being coerced and feel that they need somebody to come in and save them and um, nobody wants saved. Uh, they do want easy access to resources because over and over again, sex workers are denied access to survival resources. Yeah, and if you think about how much money is spent on these campaigns, like how and how much money groups like Exodus Cry, um, Nicosi, NCOSE, um, Polaris, affirm when you think about all of these organizations and how much money they bring in and how much they spend on putting pressure to get things like OnlyFans shut down. I mean, I, it's sickening to think of how much housing that could pay for, how much, how many, how many therapists that could train to actually know how to help Baby, people. Speak, speak the truth. Yeah, speak Tamika. Truth. It's billions. They're using billions of dollars on awareness campaigns. Mm -hmm. Where is and, any of that money being directed towards a resource to help somebody for survival? Oh, but Tamika, it's very expensive to print posters for the airport. <laughs> Girl, bye. Can you give me some money to pay some damn rent? Can you give me some money to take for child care? I know. Can that's you so give true. us some money to help us for survival things in a capitalist society or even let's make it a socialist society so everybody is a little bit more on the same plane? So true. Um, yeah, I mean, Gabby and I have spoken at length about just how oftentimes when you are referred to resources, you're just you're just sent to a different agency, which sends you to a different agency. And like, 
the one time that I resorted to calling Polaris for a referral for legal help, they offered to call the police for me. And I'm like, a 1-800 number, like dialing Polaris is a lot, it's a much longer number than trying to call 911. Um, Maya, what do you think about the, the last few things that were covered? Um, yeah, I think it's very correct. Me and another trafficking survivor on TikTok have been talking about this, that they don't care about victims afterwards. There's no care. Um, there's no even care to, pre uh, to prevent these things because poverty is ultimately the thing that leads you um, into very precarious situations. Like one of my friends said that they think that maybe this is a push by the elite to kick us off of OnlyFans and back into the streets. Um, and I think there is something to that. Like they need workers to be as oppressed as possible to have an, a really big army of workers. And that's how you create more wealth is you make workers a lot more precarious. Um, but I wish they cared, you know, I wish that they would give us housing or they would show that they actually cared about us. Otherwise it just sends the message that they would prefer us dead or that they only wanna use us when we're exploitable for their money-making purposes in NGOs or in criminal justice campaigns. Yeah, I the agree with that. The most exploited would be immigrant stuff. You know, there are legal entities in this country that are not being punished for being places that immigrants are being trafficked to. You know, it, it's multiple corporations there was the trafficking. A 14-year-old child was working at McDonald's many years ago when I worked at McDonald's. And when it came out, they immediately got rid of him. But how did you even let this child even get in the door? You know, where, where are the protections for these people? What, why have they not meaningfully addressed the immigration system? There's I think a lot of trafficking there. I think a lot of it is that they don't want to admit that they're the ones creating the trafficking. Um, so they don't want to acknowledge the immigration system or acknowledge that child labor exists in every single industry. Well, so, you know, that it, their first incident of trafficking was when they brought slaves to America. And they'll never own that. Uh, yeah, they won't even pay reparations for it. <laughs> Something that they should have done a long time ago. I wish like anti-trafficking orgs would actually advocate for stuff like that, but they don't. Yeah, let's talk on that for a second. So I attended the Nicosi um, online anti-trafficking conference in 2020. Um, I kept my mouth shut for the most part and kept my head down. Um, very early on in their online conference, they had announced that the anti-trafficking organizations present had already combined raised $23 million for emergency COVID funding. Um, and I got immediately sick to my stomach because here in Pittsburgh, we, um, we helped four sex trafficking victims acquire funding to ascertain housing so they could leave their abusers because 
they wanted to leave, but they didn't want to end up on the street or in the endless night after night in the hotels um, or like I am right now crash couch surfing um, from from place to place. Um, so we raised funding for that. And here I am completely broke. I do not get paid anything for my activism work. I am always online begging to have my very survival needs met and asking people to send me cash out money. Um, and the anti-trafficking organization has $23 million, yet they have some offices and, and new vehicles, and I'm sure some got some new houses and all these new programs, but not a penny available for sex trafficking victims or survivors to make it through the probably the worst thing that has happened globally in all of our lives. Like this is a, an international emergency and the anti-trafficking fund or the anti-trafficking organization is hoarding all of the resources that sex trafficking victims and survivors should have. I want to know what an anti-trafficking uh, diversion program is supposed to do. Because a diversion means to divert from to something else. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck are we being diverted from? Not being trafficked? And exactly. How what how, other how victim does of that work and how does a court mitigate that issue when it's not the victim's fault that they were fucking trafficked exactly you know, that what where, other victims where the fuck are do these arrested people think that this shit is helpful yeah and so often i mean i think the through line is so often these anti-trafficking organizations i would say a majority of them are christian affiliated or faith-based and a lot of people have trauma around that. Um, and, and also, I mean, like most of the anti-trafficking organizations that I know, even the ones that are less on the grifter end of the spectrum, they push people into, you know, service industry jobs. And if you are someone who's been trafficked, you've been groomed to be subservient and, you know, do as you're told and they're pushing these people into industries where the customer is always right that's just that's so re-traumatizing that's um so counterintuitive to actually helping people and if you're going to ask someone who's been trafficked to work in the service industry to work in a warehouse where they're you know where they're they might be around people who don't care about their safety and you know there are there isn't any oversight. It's just, I get so angry when I see organizations that just wanna push people into jobs that are low paying and just continue this cite the violent cycle of poverty. Um, but the, you know, it's, it's checking off a box on their grant application, right? Well, the anti-trafficking organizations are going one step further now. They're actually going to these service-based industries, you know, where a lot of, sexual harassment and sexual assault take place already. And they are training management on the needs of sex trafficking survivors. So management can keep an eye on them so they could thrive. Um, I'm sorry, 
those sex trafficking survivors are more likely to be targeted and sexually harassed or sexually abused by management because management will pull the card. Well, well, they're already so broken. They're crazy. Like nobody would believe them. So the anti-trafficking organization is potentially training predators on who their um, next victim should be. It is disgusting. I'm just trying to figure out who these grantors are that have deliverables that coerce people into someone else's will for them. You know, I'm not into that. I have free will as a human being. And I should be able to make choices for myself for my path. Never ever has anything involving the criminal justice system been beneficial to me. If anything, it caused me a lot more harm. And for them to be coercing people into that situation of either you do as you are told or your ass will go to prison is not conducive of change. The criminal justice system did not save me from the ills of the world. Harm reduction did. I could not agree with you more, Tamika. Like I, the legal system, it's so, it's built to punish. It is not built to protect or help people. And we're trying to use, you know, what's the saying when, when you use a hammer, everything becomes a nail. And I, I would also just love to, to ask um, Tamika and Maya, well, and Gabby too, like, you know, when, um, when Sester Foster was passed, just like so much of the tools for vetting and for, for safety were revoked. And I see that happening with OnlyFans too. And I just, these systems don't, understand either they don't understand the violence that they're committing or they're they're fine with it and like Maya was saying they just want to you know take away they just want to create precarity for people it reminds me a lot of how homelessness works oh go ahead Uh uh-uh you go on baby um it reminds me a lot of how homelessness works this kind of we have to protect you from your own bad choices if we give you food or money it'll encourage you to keep being poor and do bad behavior um, because you have a mental illness or an addiction and that's why you're poor and homeless. And so you have to in yourself figure out how to overcome that before anyone could help you. It's kind of like that mentality. Um, I think there's so much, so much like justification that they give to not help people because they view poor people as inferior that even though they, might kind of care or want the appearance of caring, there's always like the stigma that keeps them from going full out and doing what they need to do because it would be an acknowledgement that they're part of the problem. And I don't think they, they're ready to like really see that and do anything about it. It's about that uh, uh, old thing they used to say about how people should be pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. And I'm like, well, can you explain how I'm supposed to pull myself up by my bootstraps if I have a lot of things going against me? I'm old. I'm transgender. 
I have a disability. And then I'm black. I have criminal record that is barring me from housing access, that is barring me from living wage employment access. How am I supposed to pull myself up by my bootstraps if I have six to eight bags to carry with me on this journey to find a job that's gonna pay me well enough to live in the District of Columbia? You know, I mean, seriously, did they think that $15 an hour was going to provide me with a home of my own? Because that's not going to do it. You know, how am I supposed to pull myself up by my bootstraps if I don't have anything? I don't well, have a place to store my things. And not you only that, Tamika, but they keep taking your bootstraps, right? Girl, like, they took the boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love who you all. That's all I have to say. I'm eating chicken right now, but I love you guys so much. Like, I just love, I love this. Yeah, I mean, too. it's the real talk, though. This is real talk. This is real people's lives that they're fucking with. Yeah, you know, and I we, we represent a broad section of the voice of America. Yeah, and I have to say, it's so hard to, like, find people, like, I think that so much of what's happened over the last, you know, three to 20 years, it, like, it's really hard for me to find people that I, tr that I can trust, you know, because you have bad players, like, I don't even know if, how do you pronounce her name, Layla or Lila Micklewaite, like, you have, you have people like that who are just sowing the seeds of distrust among among trafficking survivors and then just like disseminating all this misunderstanding um, so that they can basically fundraise more money from the moral panic that they're stoking. Yeah, I think the correct pronunciation, I could be wrong though, is Lila Mickletwit. I could be wrong. I, I figured it was Lila because she seems to lie a lot. Well, that's um, a perfect segue to get into talking about um, the organizations responsible for putting pressure on MasterCard to remove adult content from OnlyFans. So does anyone want to start on um, these wonderful organizations? I think it should the be organization. every organization that takes MasterCard should be balking at this. Why are we still at a place of blocking and throwing these great big old nets out for um, an issue that is only like one twelfth of a problem for the bulk of people that are in this arena. You know, that should be every company in all honesty. This is supposed to be the land of the free. This is not freedom. So I would like to see some pressure put on as many retailers as possible. That's a great idea. I forgot the question. Sorry. Uh, the the anti-trafficking organizations responsible for the OnlyFans, uh, mainly Exodus Cry and Nicosi, um, appear to be taking credit for this. 
Yeah, I mean, they're one of the anti-trafficking orgs that will call up payment processors until they eliminate sex workers from their platform. So they take credit for a lot of stuff because they're very proud of the work that they do. But they're like super annoying. They target free speech everywhere. They're the NCOS in particular targeted George Carlin for saying, I think it was the six dirty words or something like that. It was like curse words you're not supposed to say on air. And he said them and then they targeted him for it. But they go after everybody. So they don't want certain magazines to be sold at the front counter. They want them to be either in the back of the store or just completely eliminated. So one of them is like Cosmo, uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, They're those people. Uh, They also believe that video games causes violence and rape culture. So if you play video games, it'll cause you to rape people. Um, So they were trying to get rid of violent or any sexually suggestive video games from uh, Steam. So they target the platforms that allow these things to happen. They're also the people that have made it so that when you go to a hotel, they don't allow you to access adult sites using Wi-Fi. So they have allowed companies to take away your privacy to protect you or whatever. But it's really not in like it, it just serves corporations. So now we can't independently create our own content. Now we're going to be more at the mercy of MindGeek and Pornhub and all these managers and agents because we're getting kicked off. Like we're not going to be able to meet these strict requirements on our own. So now it really only benefits corporations, even the adult corporations. There is a lot of uh, truth to that, I believe. I believe that um, there is a certain portion of of folks in this, perhaps in the background, maybe pulling some strings, who are very simply trying to put whores back in our place. Because I um, allegedly have been a prostitute since um, before like ASPD, or what was that site that came right before ASPD that was just horrible? Um, But I used to advertise in the Pittsburgh City paper. Um, Now, the Pittsburgh City paper would charge anywhere between like 18 to like $40, depending on how many lines you had in the ad. Um, They literally probably made $10,000 a month easy on the ads of sex workers in their in their platform. Um, So back in those days, how it worked for me is I would drive down to the city paper, I would go up and pay for my ads, and then I would answer my phone. Um, I also had to hire my own security because multiple times during the, I called them the city paper days, um, but before prostitution really moved on to the internet, um, there's been a lot of times that I was assaulted. I had a gun pulled on me on several occasions. Um, I actually had somebody shoot at me. So I needed to hire my own security. Um, And whenever things went online, the, the folks who were willing to take that risk and create these sites, um, like ASPD, which is no more. I believe that's the first site that was federally taken down. Um, There's more history in that, but that's 
for another day. But the folks who were willing to take that chance to be targeted by the police were also the ones who were willing to um, exploit and abuse sex workers. Um, so throughout the years, we learned how to like get around their bullshit and we created our own thing. And I really believe that there's a certain amount of people in this that are very simply trying to beat whores back down into our place where we are subservient to men because if not, they will be violent and nobody cares about us. Um, I think that that a large majority of the anti-trafficking movement is trying to kill us. I think it's our politicians, you know, because during this last election cycle, there were several that were running and on their platforms was sex work decriminalization. Why has that conversation dropped? I mean, we do have the vice president that had that on their platform, you know, and, and, and whatever happened to the legislation that I consulted on with Ro Connor, the Safer Sex Worker Study Act that was a result of SESTA and FOSTA. Why has that not moved? You know, are y'all, are they just going to continue to disrespect the voice of the many that have reached out to the ruling few? You know, what about the, 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 uh, uh, legislation from Ayanna Presley, from Rep Representative Ayanna Presley, the People's Justice Guarantee, which calls for the decriminalization of consensual adult sex work. Why isn't that moving? Is it because these are things that are trying to self-correct a lot of the shit that we have been under ruled, uh, being ruled for that are wrong? Why aren't our elected officials acting on some of this more sensible legislation? You have so I mean, many good questions. Yeah, I always say, I always say follow the money. I mean, who is, who are their donors to their campaigns? Um, I, I totally agree with you, Tamika, but I, I'm sure that if, you know, if there was an accounting, like a forensic accounting, it would be really obvious why these things aren't moving. It, that to, to, to be an advocate and an organizer and all of us knowing how many of the people that we represent for, hell, I am part of a couple of national unions of sex workers. We are a large constituent. And I mean, does it really take us having to organize and become a, a political action committee to get something done that is actually sensible legislation that helps people instead of keep criminalizing the hell out of the nation? Are we going to continue to keep marching down the path of a police state? Um, I did want to say uh, that it's been fun, but I do have to get going and I have to eat. But I love this and you guys are awesome. Thank you, Thank you so Maya. much for coming. Thank you. Have a lovely discussion. Thank you. Bye, Maya. Talk to you.